Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Down Wind, Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows, Cobra Archery, Camp Chef. Novix Outdoors, and caffeine support provided by Deer Camp Coffee. Hey guys, welcome to the Boner Plant Podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, today along with Tim Azarana, and we got from Buckmasters, Jackie Bushman. How are you, Jackie? Guys, I'm doing good. How are y'all? Awesome. Can't complain, man. Great you know, to see I, you. Really, we really wanted to have you on the show, really to tell us a, a lot about the history of Buckmasters. I mean, it, I can remember it for a very long time ago, and so that's why I was like, I got to get Jackie on the show to tell us about this, because I, I don't really know the history of it, so I was hoping you could tell us, like, kind of go through the history of it and some of your experiences with it. Yeah, I mean, you're probably one of the ones that said, yeah, I've been watching you since I was in diapers. You know, I hear that all the time. So. <laughs> My first comment, as I said, I helped Moses when he came off of the boat to divide the animals, and I took the whitetail. So there you go, man. I love it. No, way back, I was a tennis professional. That's what I used to do for a living. I played professionally back in the seventies, and then I taught tennis uh, for about seven or eight years here, city tennis director here in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, my good friend was Ray Scott, who started the Bassmasters here in Montgomery. Awesome. And his sons and daughter were fraternity brothers and little sister of fraternity and stuff. So that was Wilson and Steve and Jennifer. So I always just kind of grew up with the Bassmasters and Ray was in my hunting club and told me what he did for the fishermen. So I had a crazy idea to try to do the same thing for deer hunters that he did for bass fishermen. And I was running the blue gray tennis tournament with my dad. And that's the biggest collegiate tennis tournament in the country. And uh, Perry Mendel, who was a founder of Kindercare Corporation, was sponsoring the tournament and asked me what I wanted to do besides hit tennis balls to kids and old ladies the rest of my life. And I told him, I said, man, I'd love to do what Ray Scott did for bass fish and do it for deer hunters. So he said, put some numbers together and let's, let's see if it's worth trying. So that's how it kind of got started. 
And I started out with a video, a how-to video, an eight-track how-to video on how a to what? hunt uh, an eight-track. <laughs> What's okay. that? That's what I'm saying. Were you even born then? So I was. It was right at the tail end, but yes. <laughs> and I did an instructional tape on a basics of hunting the white-tailed deer. And golly, I'm, I hope they threw the master away on that thing. It was terrible. But <laughs> it got us started. And I don't know, we sold 10 or 20,000 of them. And I got a chance to take this Buckmaster's idea now after the videotape and go try to sell it to people. And that's what I did. I went out and sold them a concept. But I started it with a promotional event. Again, y'all weren't born here, but it, the NBC had a deal called the Superstars. It's where it took athletes like Joe Frazier or Bruce Jenner in his day. Um, they would be doing track and swimming and all this stuff. So basically, I took that concept and put it in an outdoors twist. I had hatchet throwing, skeet shooting, ATV obstacle, bow and arrow golf, rifle, bow hunting, you know, bow shooting and all that. And I had celebrities like Bo Jackson and Dale Earnhardt and Wade Boggs and did all that. And that's how it started. It was the Buckmasters Classic. And we had a deer hunt there at the same time, but the TV show was all about outdoor events. And that's, that's, that's awesome. how we started with, was with a promotion. And once we got that started, we had a magazine, which I'd, um, that we got the sponsors to put a four color page in. And that's kind of how the Buckmasters started. That is amazing. How did, now, how did you get into hunting? What's your, what's your background? My grandfather got me going. My dad was a professional tennis player in his day and uh, he was really good, but that was his love. And, but I love to fish and hunt and do stuff with my grandfather. It's kind of funny. My dad never could understand my, my grandfather was from Rome, Georgia, and I was on a Southern tennis circuit and I would win all the tournaments in front of the Rome tournament and behind the Rome tournament. He never could understand that. It just happened to be that it was a full moon and my grandfather and I were going brim fishing and I'd lose first round. So I'd go fishing with my <laughs> grandfather and my daddy to this day. Don't know that. So. <laughs> Get a little worn out there before the tournament, huh? <laughs> yeah. Doing what you love. I love it, man. That's yeah. So awesome. my grandfather got me going. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and I, you know, it's either a sport you get hooked on or you don't. Yeah. I love tennis. I mean, I like tennis. I didn't love tennis because I just enjoyed the outdoors a little bit more. So, but in the seventies, there really wasn't money. Uh, you had to be in the top 30 of the world. And I was in the top hundred, 125. Now if somebody top hundred, 125, might have a million dollars. So, uh, that's the reason I, I went back to tennis and then tried to start the Buckmaster. So I've gone from two hobbies. I've gone from shorts to camo. Well, you can't beat that though. I mean, doing two things that you love or that you like and love. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And to be able to influence all the different people you have over the years and bring them in. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that we love is watching that new generation coming into hunting. Um, that That's one of our passions is to get new hunters involved, get them knowledgeable on the different equipment and everything that's out there. And man, you've been doing it way longer than us. So, I mean, it's absolutely amazing to watch that progression over the years. So uh, how have you seen the industry? Like, what would you say the biggest changes are that you've seen in the industry? Well, as far as the television side, the cameras, I mean, when we first started, we were the first one to bring, uh, you know, deer hunting to cable television, the old American sportsman, you know, way back, Kurt Gowdy and that group, 
you know, they went for 23 years. This is our 36th year. And I remember when I called the networks and said, Hey, I, I want to do a hunting show. It was like, no, heck no. We're not doing a hunting show. Yeah. I can and imagine. All. And, um, then I called back and said, well, look, I got this promotional event. You know, you got knife throwing, no hunting in it. I said, no hunting in it. So TNN back in the Nashville network days, that's where Bassmasters was Bill Dance, Roland Martin, Hank Parker. So you had the fishing guys on there, but no hunting. I'll never forget. We put this on at Sunday night, October of 1988. We ran a pilot. So we'll run a pilot on your little event. And that was on Sunday night. On Monday, I was giving tennis lessons. I was soaking wet. Mr. Mendel called me, said there's a private plane that just flew in from Nashville, Tennessee with Gaylord Entertainment, Nashville Network. I want to meet with you. So I soaking wet, went up to the meeting. They said, boy, you just brought us the highest rated show we've ever had on the network with your little promotional event. We'd like to talk about doing the first hunting show on cable television. And that's how it started. That's awesome. But the cameras, guys, and it just drove me crazy. And I, and I really, when I look back, that's why you didn't have hunting shows. You couldn't draw the light. So when you're hunting in the morning, I'm 30 minutes behind you. All my camera guys are doing, don't shoot. I don't have enough camera light. In the afternoons, I'm having to quit 30 minutes before prime time. Yeah. So I did all my shows in Texas the first years until the cameras got better. So that's the thing I've seen to change a bunch on the TV side. Yeah, I, I remember um, back, back, back in the day, we'll call it, um, I grew up in the video world. My dad was a wedding videographer. That's what he did from about 88, 89 through the rest of my, and still does it today. Um, back when he first started in, in the, in the early eighties, before he did it full-time, he was just kind of doing it as a hobby. You didn't have cameras that had cassettes in them that you could, you know, move around portable like that. You had a separate recorder that had to plug into the camera mechanism and you had to carry two pieces with you. So, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, the way that we're able to capture those moments in life today, I mean, shoot, I probably have, I mean, just carrying with me, I got a regular video camera, you got your cell phone, you got all that kind of stuff. And just think the technological advances in that world is absolutely amazing. So I think a lot of people forget about that struggle, right? (laughs) You can't, I mean, you talk about self-filming nowadays, you couldn't self-film back then, even if you wanted to. (laughs) No, no way. And again, the cameras that we bought weighed 50 pounds. Yeah. They were 40 or $50,000. Not waterproof either. No. And now they weigh nothing and they cost about 5,000. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that we struggle with is I would have a cameraman up behind me. Well, he's holding it on his shoulder in the camera. You know, the, the, the footage was, you know, it wasn't great. Yep. Shaky at best. Right. So then we had to develop a tree arm. Okay. And we built our own tree arm to put the camera on top of the tree arm (laughs) to keep the uh, footage steady. So now that somebody's in the tree, tree arm business now, because, of starting to do outdoor television because that's what you got to have. Absolutely. It's it's amazing Uh, just to see where everybody's come from. Now there's what, 400 hunting shows when we started all back in 88. So I got to compete with all these good looking women. I was going, dang. (laughs) (laughs) So what's been your favorite? um, I know this is kind of a mix for you guys because you work with guns and bows. But um, I guess, do you, do you prefer one over the other personally? Like you rather bow hunt when you can, or how, how do you feel about that? I guess. Well, I mean, I've always loved the challenge of bow hunt. And, and the crazy thing about it was as a kid growing up, they didn't make left-handed bows. So I, I'm left-handed. I played every sport, you know, left-handed, but they didn't make left-handed bows. So I had to shoot right-handed 
And, uh, and you know, when you start doing that, everything's crisscrossing on you. And so when I started bow hunting, my sight was basically about four to six inches off the bow. You know what I'm saying? They should be able to shoot right in. And I, I can only shoot 20 yards. I mean, the further I got, the worse I got. So, um, I finally had a guy said, look, you need to try left-handed cause you are left eye dominant. So, uh, I finally got the guys to do that. And I was going, you know what? That's pretty cool right there. So, but I thoroughly enjoy the, the scouting part of the bow hunting side because you got to get so much closer to the game. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people have no clue. I mean, bow hunting video is a pain in the rear end. Okay. Because now you got double the movement, double the scent, everything is going against you. And you're hunting the number one, you know, species in the world is a white tail buck. So that is a challenge. You know, bow hunting was a challenge anyway put a cameraman out there and see how your success is. So everybody says they wanted to get, do my, do my job. Let's have at it. Do that bow hunting video. <laughs> Go ahead and try. Uh, and the folks yeah. that do a bow hunting show only, Hey, cheers. Yeah. You're, you're the best of the best. Cause I ain't got the patience to do it, but I, <laughs> yeah, I really love that. And we do probably what four or five bow hunting shows. And, uh, I thoroughly enjoy it because I just know everything scouting wise has got to tighten up. And yep, try to yep. get in. And my wheelhouse is about 30, 35 yards. That's that's what I feel comfortable shooting. Yep. And uh, it's just the cat and mouse of knowing here he comes. Then there's so many pieces to the puzzle in bow hunt. I yep. mean, you know, you got to be able to know when to draw, when not to draw. You know, you know, I prefer to grunt at the deer. You know, but I got to be at full draw. I look for trees out in front of me, try to get the eyes of the of the deer where they can't see me. And people. You know, I'm from Alabama. We're hunting 35 foot up in the tree and these deer still look up. So I'm always yeah. a big believer on trying to see where the eyes of the deer are. If, they, if you can see their eyes, they can see you move. So there's just so many pieces, but when you finally make it work and especially on video, man, that's a, it's a reward. I, I'll tell you, it's tough. Can you imagine, stuff. can you imagine how many beautiful bucks have been missed due to like self-filming or trying to film I, I in oh. bow hunting? Like I, I think about it even like kids, we, we do a lot more self-filming and I, I can vaguely remember just, you know, uh, any movement, anytime the deer always in. So that I've always been the firm believer of, you just really have to kind of read the deer, like, especially a whitetail. Like, is it, is it like alert? Is it not alert? Like you got to, all that stuff plays a factor before you draw that bow. Is it searching around? Is it, you know, yeah. I mean, there's been times where I pull back a bow and I had to hold it for like, five minutes solid just waiting yeah. for a deer to come out and i was going to ask you about that about your thoughts on just the archery industry and how it's changed for the bow manufacturer specifically in the designs because you know these last few years i held that bow for like four and a half minutes because of the 80 percent let off and i could do yeah. it and it hurt but i could do it you know whereas you know back in the day that would not have been possible no. with 60 percent or 50 percent exactly and uh you know i've got i got errors still stuck in trees just for that point <laughs> Uh, where I was trying to let down, uh, watching the deer walk and I was anticipating him go to the right and he kept coming straight at me. I'm full draw. I mean, I've got an old labor muscle right here. It's torn and I can't hold it. So I'm trying to let it down, but it just <laughs> takes off. It's probably one of my, it's my second big, biggest buck ever it was a double drop town, 175 inch deer. Wow. Thank, God, thank God the wind was blowing at 20 miles an hour. You know, he jumped over there and finally settled down but uh you know th that deer was just meant to be but yeah i can definitely say you know with the let off you know moving up it, it's made a big difference especially when you got a hold but 
I try not to have to hold anymore than I have to. I'm a pretty, once I get there, I pretty much go. Uh, yeah. I can't hold it. I feel it. like that's one of the worst things you have to do as an archer is when you have to let down. Like, I hate that feeling. Oh. Like, if I get stuck in that position, I'm like, I got to let it down. Yeah. I can't stand it because I'm so scared that I'm going to make the wrong move or that's going to hear me, it's going to see me, all that extra movement. Yeah. And that's like the worst feeling. I, I, I mean, Tim doesn't know that Tim's a crossbow hunter, so he doesn't really yeah. understand what we're talking about right now. Cause he, oh, yeah. his is always held back no matter what, just a finger that's off right. the trigger thing, like a gun, I guess. But in the sense of holding the bow and, and having to know when to bring it back, yep. that's a hard decision, like not going to the hold the whole time, but it hurts. Don't quit on me. Don't quit. After a while, me. you start shaking. Yeah. Well, the thing is <laughs> I noticed, and somebody taught me this is that, you know, you see a lot of folks that go way up high and do all that. That means they're just pulling too much poundage and you ought to be able to just yeah. go straight back, yeah. keep your movement. So I see so many people that they, you know, oh yeah, I got to pull 65, 70, 80 pounds. Well, that's great. But if the whitetail sees you, you know, you can call yourself muscle man or whatever, but these yep. bows are fast enough now. The airs are quick enough. Yeah, that's definitely been the trend. I mean, we've seen a lot, you know, a lot of people comment and also manufacturers as well coming out with those, you know, poundages that are just, you know, I sit there and think, and I wouldn't want to shoot it. And again, Dave, Dave was saying, you know, I'm more of a crossbow shooter by nature anyway, but I've seen plenty of deer from my buddies, Dave and other people that are, that, that can get them at 40, 45, 50, 55 pounds. Yeah. It's all about the hunt and your setup and, you know, making the right shot and everything like that. And um, what I love to see actually more and more right now is a really big comeback. And I don't know if you really call it a comeback, but a lot more attention being paid to traditional archery. I think it's absolutely yeah. amazing to see that side of it really come back into focus. Oh, yeah. Well, I always say. Yeah. Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. You know, let's don't fight amongst each other. That's use it. the weapon that you like to use, whether it's traditional, whether it's compound. It doesn't make any difference, whether it's crossbow. Just go use the weapon you like. But then you got to study it. You got to know what it can and can't do. You need to be able to bow tune your bow. I mean, that's something I never knew anything about. But, you know, you want your equipment to be the best it can be to match up to the situation. So, um, you know, when the big buck comes in there, there's a lot of things going to happen. And you got to put it, that whole puzzle together. So I can't, I, can't, I, I was in Alberta, Canada, and uh, had a big deer come in, and it was like minus 10 when my peak, my peak popped off. Okay. <sighs> There I am, you know, with no peak. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been hunting all week and there he is. Peak pop, pops off. So there's so many things that can happen. You know, your release falling off. I mean, I trust me, I can name you everything because it's all happened and it just happened on camera and stuff. But yeah, 
golly, what a frustrating deal. But to make it all happen, nothing better in the world. I can, I, I can say the reward is a lot, lot more than any other weapon. I can promise you that. Yeah. So think, whether it's archery or firearm, what's been your most memorable hunt? <laughs> How many hunts? Let's see. He's probably been. I know. That's, that's a hard <laughs> There's question. a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> when you say memorable, I'm, well, you know, to you personally, to you, the most memorable. Most memorable to me was in Myrtlewood, Alabama, when I was 15 years old, with a shotgun with double alt buckshot and a six inch spike ran out there at 30 yards, and that was my first deer. That's and awesome. I answer that question the same way every time. That is awesome. Everybody said, oh, yeah, I'm sure it was the 190 you shot in Alberta or the, <laughs> or the 180 something with a bow. Those are, those, are, those are great moments, but my first most memorable is when I got my first deer. That's awesome. And what about, what about uh, places to hunt? Like, what are your favorite places? I like Alberta. Here? Alberta, Canada has been very good to me. Uh, that is where I've taken most of my biggest deer with archery and gun. And uh, they just have that unique northern breed of deer, and they're just three hundred pounders, and just I don't know something about the snow and the and the and the frost and everything. It's a pretty cool moment when you see those big guys walk out there. Do you start planning that now, or do you do that wait like a couple years in advance for your? No, I mean, it, and, you know, if y'all watch the show over the years, we've kind of stayed with the same outfitters and stuff because basically we've had to teach them how to video hunt, and you know, you know, hunting is one thing and you know they're taking clients but to video hunt you've got to have a little bit more room you want to get in the thick of places you can but you just don't want a deer to step in a hole and then shoot because you don't have any videotape that you're burning so we have to teach them kind of the setups that we're wanting to see and we're wanting to deliver to the tv audience and so that's kind of what we've done have you um, seen has um covid really impacted your ability to do that up in alberta oh yeah we didn't get to go last year i can't yeah, tell you where they were going this year not either so yeah. that would i was take hoping they would list hunting as an essential job right well, so we can go up there <laughs> <laughs> but i think it is i personally I think so too <laughs> yeah i think so too absolutely you know, I was just thinking, Jack, I was looking at um, your website and I was looking at some of the spots you guys work with and Gamo being one of them. Uh -huh. um, I, I didn't realize, I did not realize this. And I bet you Tim didn't know this either. And I just found this out, but Gamo, I don't know if they own or whatever, but they're part of Daisy. Mm -hmm. So like the Red Rider BB gun from the Christmas Absolutely. story. Like I was just looking, I go, what the heck? That's awesome. You know, what a great, but anyway, you guys, you guys had a podcast on your, on your website that said, uh, I didn't get the list to, I just saw it. I'm going to listen to it after we talk, but it says um, deer hunting with air guns. Hmm? What is like, what can you deer hunt with an air gun and what caliber air gun would you need? They've got a 50 caliber PCP. That wow. we've done. And Holy yeah, it's, it's, it's loaded with CO2 and we've, we've shot deer and shot hogs, wow. shot coach and everything. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's kick. really cool. I was <laughs> so, uh, oh, I thought you were doing the gamble thing. I was, I was sitting there going, Here's a group that wants a pellet gun and a deer hunt. Show. I was going, how am I going to make that? <laughs> but I tell you what I did, and you've probably seen it. The Squirrel Master Classic is the biggest small game event in the, in the world right now. And me and wow. Waddell got to arguing over who could be better. And we turned it into a, a huge event. I had Bo Jackson, my friend, come last year, uh, uh, two years ago, couldn't do the COVID. But, boy, we've turned that thing into uh, a thing with 4-H kids and just going back to our roots that's how i started i started hunting squirrel hunting with my grandfather and stuff yeah but we were doing it with 22s but these gamos now they're 
shooting 1400 feet per second so wow that's incredible yeah. we're shooting 45 squirrels with a friggin' pellet gun in two and a half days i love it wow. i love it that actually sounds really fun for sure oh yeah so th those little suckers i'll tell you may maybe <laughs> I, I don't know it, it, it's it's difficult to decide between squirrels and blue jays which ones are the most annoying <laughs> when you're yeah. out there sitting on your hunt <laughs> no question but that squirrel is pretty slick and i just remember that takes me back to my grandfather's that he used to have a dog and we bring in these world champion dogs and that squirrel will just slide around that tree and then getting him to slide back where you can see him and that dog starts barking there's a squirrel in that tree you got to find it and they're amazing at how they lay flat on the limbs and stuff and we're out there plinking with pellet guns and it, it's it's a hoot man now that sounds like a ton of fun that actually takes me back to to my young days too, going out, that's, um, there's just something about walking around and it's action, right? I mean, that's really, oh, yeah. that's the exciting part about it is that there, there's a lot of action with it. So. And that's how you can get these young kids going. The, the, I always tell them the worst thing you can do is stick a kid in a tree stand, tell him to shut up and he's cold. Get him out there, let him plank, squirrel, squirrel hunting, dove hunting, you know, something, there's some action. And then you graduate them up into the deer hunts. It's a great tip. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, we've been, uh, so we've owned Boner plant for since 2009. Now we've been really focused on archery and archery has been something I grew up on and love. I love archery. So it was one of the things I pushed him originally, like, Hey, we need to start this. It'd be fun. And Tim was never a hunter. So this was a great experience for him to come on and learn to hunt and, yeah. and all these different things. But anyhow, the, the, we, we actually, we decided we bought a long time ago. We bought bow hunter planet and gun hunter planet years ago. And so this year we decided we're going to start working towards turning on Gun Hunter Planet just because of how hot guns are right now and everything going on. Uh, but it's been kind of exciting, to be honest, like a little bit exciting because it's something new, maybe, you know, because we're so used to doing one thing. But I'm excited for the kids like to get them out. This is the first year I actually bought my son a 20 gauge, you know, to go turkey hunting. It's always been bow or crossbow, you know, because of bow and mm -hmm. planet. We're always like, oh, you got to have a bow, you know. So it's been kind of exciting. And the whole idea of plinking and doing 22 squirrel hunting, all that is like, got me really excited for the fall like i just want to take them out walk around and try it you know and have fun with it i did when i was a kid but you know i just never i haven't passed that on yet it's my point because i've been so you know bow this bow that you know so this is it's pretty exciting get them across the board and I, my grandson he's five i had him out he had his daisy red rider and he was plinking while we were squirrel hunting and, and you know and then you just graduate them into the different weapons that's what i say yeah Oh, for sure. Yeah. He just have finished up his safety courses in Michigan here. And so, um, Tim, I don't know if you know that, but you can do it online now it's virtual. Then you can go out and train your child, how you want to do it, but, uh, very exciting. And, uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a good time. So, uh, what's, so what's going to happen this year with the shows? Do you guys have, when did they start launching? I guess, uh, will the new stuff air in the fall or how's that work? They start in July. July. Okay, great. So everything we video the fall ahead of time will always air uh, and starting in July. Originals come on in July. How many shows do you guys have? Well, we got the Buckmasters and the Jackie, Jackie Bushman show, and they okay, both so run on the Outdoor Channel. We're on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. That's the same time I started Buckmasters uh, on the Nashville Network way back. So we, we've had that time for a long time. Who's your oldest sponsor you guys have? You know, my number one sponsor, very first one was Tinks. Tinks, oh, nice. There we go. Yeah. So we've had, we got seven sponsors that have been with us for 36 years. Wow. Easton is one of them. That's uh, awesome. Yamaha ATVs, Real Tree. Um, there's a few other ones. So That's we've been blessed. 
we've been very blessed and we've watched it's fun to watch companies grow i remember the tinks folks they were just you know bottling scent and selling it and this and that and uh boy how big that industry has gotten so it's always fun too i think uh, when you get to test the products with these companies they obviously rely on you to help yep. them test a Yamaha or whatever it is, you know, yep. and, and it's fun to be one of the first to actually play with something new to see and then give them that feedback. Like, Hey, I like it. I hate it. You know, whatever. Um, we've been able to do that a lot with our show over the years and different, all sorts of things, some broadheads to releases, you name mm -hmm. it, mostly archery related, of course. But uh, I've always think that's like the funnest thing when I get a bow, like two months early before it even launches to me, that's like the best thing ever. I'm like, where do I sign the NDA? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm old school. I mean, I had a rifle that golly, I've shot hundreds of hundreds of deer with it. And the sponsors always want to send me the new and the bad. I, I don't, I'm just old school. I just, I'm fine with my old one. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Same yeah. with the bows. You know what I'm saying? I just got used to this one. I like this. I shot a lot of deer. Here comes a new one. So I got a lot of folks around here. They love the tech stuff and doing all that. I could never string my tennis racket. No, I'm not much on equipment and stuff. But, you know, I got some guys that fix up my bow. I said, just fix it up. Let me shoot it right. I'm ready to go. So, uh, but I'm just not a tech person. Never have, but that's all right. That's cool. What, what, um, what would you say is your oldest gun you might have that you, like maybe your dad gave you or it came? Well, no, my grandfather gave me, uh, all of his and, um, there's a savage 22, 410 combination. Wow. Really? Oh, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cool little old gun. Yeah, I just, that's cool. I just saw it. My grand, you know, I had it in my, uh, in my closet for a long time. And I just pulled it out the other day and my grandfather gave me that, you know? And then, as I said, I've got shotguns from way back. I, I mean, my dad, everything was right-handed. They didn't make left-handed stuff. They still don't make enough left-handed stuff. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, I got some old stuff. I mean, I remember I shot my first deer with a, uh, Fred Bear, whitetail hunter. I still got that nice. bow hanging up. And uh, Fred Bear was my idol because he was left-handed. And That's I always awesome. wanted to get a grizzly bear like he did on on the old American Sportsman. And I finally made that dream come true. I had two grizzly bears on the ground at 30 yards. No way. If that'll get wow. your old pucker factor up. Uh, I no probably, kidding. That's know, incredible. I know a deer's not going to get me, but uh, when you're hunting the top of the food chain, it's a whole different ball game. But I always say, you know, grizzly bear hunting, when you go into camp, you know, you want to look at your guides. Okay. You want to pick the biggest, fattest guy who eats the most, because <laughs> when it comes to, you know what, and it's hitting the fan, all you got to do is out, be able to outrun your guide and you'll be all right. You don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be faster than the slowest. Faster than your guide. So I always say, sit there and watch him eat. And that uh, guy, that guy that wants that extra hamburger, that's the one you want to pick. That, that reminds me of the, uh, the old story, uh, Dave, when we went to Yellowstone. And I'm sitting there on crutches and you're running away from a bear and you, you, he runs right past me and he just doesn't stop, doesn't look or anything. He just keeps going. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, and he's running from a bear. <laughs> I figured this guy's on crutches. He's dead first. If it's behind. Exactly. Him. You just got to know all you got to do is outrun somebody. First uh, one in loses on that uh, deal. That was my only, that was my only encounter with a grizzly bear in my life was at Yellowstone. And honestly, uh, it, I went up over a hill, like a ridge, like a little hill. And it, I know there was a bear in the region, but I just didn't know where. And as soon as I got to the peak of the hill, it came over the peak of the other hill across from me that was 40 yards from me. And it was like looking at me, stood up on its legs. I think it was a big female and it had a, it had a cub. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And so I'm like backing up 
and um his tim's brother was with us he yelled at me stop moving which i wasn't sure if moving be better or not better i almost kind of wanted to see me i don't want to like be walking and i scared the crap out of it at five yards either way it turned and went the other way and i just booked it i mean we booked it out and as we're running down the trail full speed you know for our lives feeling like for our lives tim is crutching up on this crutch between us and we run right by him and just say run <laughs> i'm like what do you mean i can't even walk yeah <laughs> you see you know, just the survival like... of the fittest i saw my life playing out <laughs> if you can you know with the grizzly at least climb, climb a tree they're not they don't climb trees very good black bear can but uh the grizzly oh, yeah. can't. they'll just shake you out of it though they also say that with a grizzly bear, you actually really do need to play dead. And with, uh, cause they're not going to, it says something about grizzly bears don't really want to eat you necessarily. Whereas a black bear actually would eat you. Absolutely. So you got to fight back on a black bear, but a grizzly, you really don't want to fight back. Cause it's going to keep attacking you until you're dead. It thinks you're dead at least. Yeah. I don't know. I just try to outrun those. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't try not to caught. find out. Right. I, I don't want to find out. So I just hope my shot's good and I don't have to worry about that. So, but so have you, right. have you checked all of your um your big hunts off your bucket list or you got some less that, that you want to do no i you know i've done most of them i I've, I've taken a few uh two or three moose i'd like to shoot a moose with a bow and i've tried to do that a couple of times we just got canceled out on bad weather and stuff so but uh that maybe a mule deer I, i'm not a big mule deer fan i know a lot of folks love it i'm just a whitetail guy but uh i've shot a mule deer a couple of mule deer with everything but a bow so i think i might try to like to do both of those and, and that's about it for me i've, I've, I've awesome. done most of them that i want to so are you Which traveling most of the fall the, uh... oh yeah i mean when we when we leave dave we leave what middle of september and then we'll hunt every day till february 10th wow holy cow yeah and everybody wants my job come get you some of that you yeah know? yeah it's, People uh, don't realize the work that goes into these things. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just we're usually on location four and a half, five days to get 17 minutes and 40 seconds of editorial. And I always oh. say, if you see us talking, there's a lot of eating and stuff like that. We've had a long week. So yeah, uh, heck yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I can barely take off every weekend in October with the, uh, with the wife. So yeah, you got it good there. That's for sure. Well, I've been blessed, uh, but you know, <laughs> she's had to raise both kids take care of dying parents and raise four or five dogs. So, uh, but that's what I do for a living and Love uh, it. try to entertain as long as we got folks that want to watch, I'll keep screwing up on TV. So. <laughs> well, you got two big fans here, man. We can't wait to see your new content coming up. And, and yes, thank you for thank awesome. You for doing this. For, awesome to come for coming on today. We really appreciate oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, my pleasure guys. Anytime I can help y'all, uh, y'all give me a buzz. I'd love to be back on the show. Y'all get the gun thing going. I got a bunch of crazy gun stories too. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you doing for what you do and keeping people engaged and going hunting. Cause that's a big deal. we got to grow the heritage. The only way to do it is people like you getting it done and it's not easy to do. So hats off. Thank you. Buckmasters.com to learn more guys about Jackie Bushman, what he does. Thank you, Jackie. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank y'all. See Thank you next you. time.
Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G Speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today.